Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. This week marks the first anniversary of the lockdown necessitated by the COVID-19 pandemic in India and many other countries around the world. While passenger aviation came to a complete halt in India, it was critical for the authorities at the center to make sure that air cargo was allowed to function, making free and rapid movement of all critical goods by air. How did Indian air cargo industry live through the pandemic? What lessons has the industry learned through the crisis when it became the most important lifeline of people for essential supplies. What is the future of air cargo industry in, in India? To discuss this and much more, I'm happy to have Keku Bhumi Gazza, Chief Executive Officer, AAI Cargo Logistics and Allied Services, join me in today's episode of Cargo Masterminds. AAI Cargo Logistics and Allied Services, or ICLAS, is a 100% subsidiary of Airport Authority of India, which owns, manages, and operates close to 130 airports around the country. ICLOS was created in 2016, and Keiko Gasser, an air cargo professional with many years of experience working with global airlines, is its first chief executive officer. Keiko, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Uh, good afternoon, Reggie, and thank you for having me over. Kegu, uh, we have had a lot of discussion in the last one year and one date that you can't forget is March 25th or 24th night in the, and then leading to 25th of March. Uh, take us through the highlight of last one year because this week marks the first anniversary of the hard lockdown that India and many other countries imposed uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We come to the, to the date that probably none of us in the industry uh, nor in the world will ever forget, which was March 21st, the day of the uh, lockdown. And probably in the aviation history, in the years and decades ahead, this will probably be a date that a lot of people won't forget. Now, the first lockdown had, had brought about two important issues or strategic decisions, as I would like to term them, that came about. One was what happens to the commercial trade and what happens, therefore, to the air cargo industry. Now, soon after the date was, was uh, announced and there was a lockdown, one of the first things that the ministry did was it brought about what was called a project called Lifeline Udan. And as the name suggested, this project was to ensure that all the, the stakeholders get together very quickly to ensure two things take place. One is that the necessary medical equipment, PPE kits, reagents, uh, medicines, etc., are dispatched from different points to different points within the country. And two was also the importation of certain uh, goods and products that were needed for the um, for the situation that was on hand. The Ministry of Civil Aviation, and I would like to say the secretary leading from the front, brought together a very, very strong and able team of um, officers that within 24 hours set up this entire process of having 
the uh, process completed in ensuring that we are able to, as a fraternity, support whatever was required to the people in need the most. So we got to find out, first of all, that the airlines had to deploy whatever freighters that were available on ground. Uh, crews were able to get to the airport. The roads were clear and passes were issued to those who had to move, etc. And again, everybody in the chain stepped up and provided whatever assistance that was required from the industry to them. So local authorities provided clear corridors on roads. Cargo terminals never ever closed down, even for a moment. And everybody ensured that both health and commerce together continued. I have to say that you know we, we moved over a thousand tons of these life-saving devices, medicines, kits, and covered almost, I would say, close to over five lakh kilometers. So kudos to the entire fraternity that came together as one. This, as you probably also know, Reggie, was very closely followed by what we did in Krishi Udan, where we had uh, set up a, a quick, small working group, and we got through all the stakeholders where we were able to ensure that the farm produce that was necessary to move from various parts of the country, especially the hilly areas, the northeast areas, were getting to the distribution points. So, on one hand, we had this issue of closures of roads, movement of people. And on the other hand, we had this issue of how to, how to get the farm produce to the table. So starting from daily VCs that uh, uh, we hosted, where uh, ICLAS was able to ensure that all stakeholders from the country had all their challenges in the logistics movement, come together for about an hour or two every day and have them sorted out. And uh, in my estimate, I think over, over a lakh or close to a lakh and a half tons of perishables, of which almost 80% was exported, 80% was exported, had moved because of this uh, feature. One other thing that I think, again, kudos to, to Secretary Sir and the, and the Ministry, was the ability to very quickly process what is called permissions for P2C, which was the conversion of passengers to cargo aircrafts um, where seats were removed from the planes and cargo of the PPE kits, the boxes, the reagents, etc., were able to be loaded uh, on the seats as well as where the seats were removed to be put on the main deck of the planes. Add to that, there was also the stepping in of additional freighters that came into the country, uh, starting from six freighters that we had prior to, to the COVID. Uh, today, we are almost touching 25 freighters. Keku, uh, ICLUS being a, a part of a government entity, it's a 100% subsidiary of Airport Authority of India, which, has, uh, which is actually the operator of almost close to 135 airports uh, in the country. Uh, what has been uh, ICLUS involvement in the overall central government's policy uh, rollout as far as air cargo is concerned, uh, particularly during the pandemic, in the lockdown as the unlock process uh, started so let's let's start with uh, the vaccine distribution uh, reggie today we are coordinating the entire movement of vaccines in the country with with i would say a almost close to 100% success rate of deliveries 
So the first thing that we did was we set up a, a dedicated uh, operation control center in our office. And each of the movements that were coming out of the two vaccine production uh, stations of Pune and Hyderabad were monitored, not just for uplift from these points, but also to deliveries. Uh, today, as I talked to you, Reggie, there are almost 100 domestic and international points that were covered since the 12th of January. 60 domestic airports uh, and almost 40 international points have been covered. Now, this is only and could have only been made possible if we had very, very strict SOPs. Okay, And the SOPs were placed uh, with the support of the ministry where we had clearly defined the roles of each of our stakeholders. And that is why you see these record of deliveries in airports, uh, even under two minutes uh, for, let's say, a couple of boxes to 15 minutes for over 100 boxes that were moved. When policies are made, um, it is our responsibility as an organization to support the ministry with clear defined roles on how we can best improve our performance. That is something that is um, important. Now, one other thing that we have, uh, which we do, and as we work very closely with the Ministry of Civil Aviation is that we both have what I call a can-do spirit, okay? We start with how we can do it and how we can achieve, rather than starting with what are going to be the problems that we're going to face. So. We start with, yes, it's going to be done, right? And then we get down to find out, to have this done, what are going to be the problems that we're going to face and how we are going to do it. So I think that mindset plays a very, very, very important role. Second, as a subsidiary, uh, we have two hats and I, I wear two hats. One, I wear a socioeconomic hat, which is to develop and, and have business move from uh, point A to point B within the country to ensure that there is no airport, no region uh, anywhere that says that, you know what, I can't do business with you because you don't have an airport, you don't have a terminal, you don't have a facility. I don't want to hear that. So I want to be ahead of the growth curve. I want to ensure that I have a facility. So even in this pandemic, we ensure that our investments into our facilities continue. The other hat that I wear is a commercial hat. So yes, I also need to, to have this as a, a profitable, commercially viable uh, organization. So yes, there's a fine uh, balance or a fine mix between the two. So whether it's Lifeline or Krishi or the vaccine rollout or terminal management, we are completely in sync and in line with the vision of the ministry to simply deliver. How have you as the CEO of White Claws become a kind of a person or a resource which actually developed policies for um, for national logistic policies, national air cargo policies. What has been your involvement in this? And what has been the involvement of ICLOS into it? Success is, is, and for the lack of a better term, success has got to do a lot with the team that you have with you. It's nothing to do with uh, a person. When a, a subsidiary is set up, uh, there are clear roles, definitions of responsibilities and projections of what the ministry expects the subsidiary to achieve. Now, we got to understand that the Indian civil aviation sector 
has been on a fantastic trajectory of growth in terms of number of aircrafts uh, that are on order, third highest in the world, very closely behind China. Uh, number of airports that are going to be, be made, over 100 airports in the next five years. So it is the most fascinating time to be a part of, uh, as a part of the Indian civil aviation. Can't be a better and more exciting time ever with this kind of opportunity. Uh, I often joke with people that, you know, if there is one time in the history of civil aviation that there is a, a scope for uh, growth, expansion, development, etc. It's now, it's now, and it's now. Policy making is, is something that is looking into not just for the next year, two years, or five years, but policy making is to do with the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years, where you want to show a clear roadmap to all the stakeholders, be it forwarders, airlines, customs house agents, everybody, that look, this is what we have as a vision. This is the kind of challenges that we are in, that we we feel that there would be, and this is what we want to do to overcome it. And for all of that, how will it be possible through this roadmap for us to achieve? So we have a clear goal. We have a goal on what we want to achieve at which part of the year. Yeah, of course, you will get a pandemic. You will get uh, all sorts of hurdles. Fine accepted but still if you don't have a clear vision of where you want to be let's say 10 years from now or 15 years from now and you don't have a plan which means you are just going from one day to the other that's not how it works especially with the civil aviation where you have the involvement of of aircrafts that are very asset asset heavy investments you got to have a very clear policy second cargo thanks to the pandemic uh, has has probably been in, in, in some way a shining light, has probably in some way shown the rest of the aviation fraternity that look, you know what, all the thing that happens below the wing contributes to a certain value. Uh, I remember years ago, the, the, the value of cargo that brings to the airlines was anywhere between, let's say, 18 to close to even 30% with certain airlines. Today, I, I probably think it's even going up to 45 to 50%. Yeah, it's not going to substitute passenger revenue. Let's be very clear about that. But it's still going to get your aircrafts up in the air. Keku, one year of uh, already into the pandemic, uh, and uh, you and me and the rest of the world have seen uh, the importance of uh, cargo and logistics, particularly air freight. Um, had there not been a, a pandemic, would you be in a position to look at the air cargo industry uh, in the global scenario as well as in India? Would we have reached this position? Probably unparalleled is 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 one of the best ways to put this this whole situation. I think never in the history of the Indian civil aviation decision taken first and discussions followed. Okay, uh, there were very very clear directives on priorities. First was to ensure that there were capacities available at the airports, whether these were civilian aircrafts uh, or they were used by the IAF. One thing was very clear was we had to deliver. That was it. So uh, we had daily VCs with stakeholders. We had routes planned out. We had loads planned out. We had the logistics deliveries, et cetera. War rooms were set up. 
Uh, 24-7 people were there to assist various ministries. There was only one very clear message uh, given to us, and that was there's no option for us to decline any request. I think let's uh, uh, move away from the pandemic and COVID-19 to more fundamental uh, business uh, topics and trends that uh, that we see in the in the air freight industry and with particular reference to India. And I'm someone who actually looks at your Twitter feeds on a regular basis, and I do get uh, these uh, figures stored at uh, 200 tons, um, Trichy, um, 200 tons, Vadgodhra, uh, um, uh, 700 tons. So these are phenomenal numbers of you're talking, not talking about your uh, top metro airports, but you're talking about, not even talking about your two airports, which are Calcutta and, uh, and uh, Chennai. Uh, these are from tier two and tier three cities. Uh, phenomenal growth in terms of the cargo throughput uh, from these from these airports on monthly monthly numbers. Um, tell us about uh, how ICLAS, uh, ever since it came into existence, how this ICLAS as an organization has been facilitating trade and commerce for people around or business around the country. Future lies outside the airport. The air cargo industry is going to go uh, way beyond the metros. Uh, I'm not, this is not to take over the importance of metro airports, but what you're going to see in the next five, seven, 10, 15 years is that forget tire one or even forget tire two, you are going to see phenomenal growth from tire three cities. Now these tire three cities are the cities that are closest to various production centers. As urban spaces develop, you're going to see more of manufacturing move away from these points and be centered around these tier three and probably even tier four cities that probably today are just small towns. You're going to see that, uh, uh, for the lack of better word, uh, explode with opportunities. These are the places that need to have investments into facilities now. So if I, I don't want to be in a position, not as, uh, not as let's say the, the government want to be in a position where we are looking at growth first, looking at production first, and then saying, you know what, we should construct terminals. No, that's not the way we do it. We first invest, okay? We first invest, get our terminals ready, and then scout for opportunities to feed into that terminal. Yeah, it's a risk. Um, let's not make a, a, a mistake out of it. But we take very, very calculated risks to ensure that we are ahead of the growth curve. Okay, Keiko, I think uh, uh, what we have seen in the past, and India is known for uh, a lot of perishable produce, both for domestic consumption as well as for uh, export. Uh, uh, how have you made investment for these, uh, uh, these tier three, tier two uh, airports? Were, which are closer to the production centers were the farming community. Uh, how have you created these infrastructure? Are you, are you uh, in partnership? Are you planning to collaborate with the others to make sure that, uh, that they have easy access to markets? Uh? We have a, a multi-pronged strategy, Reggie. The first strategy we have is to ensure that the demand and capacity somehow uh, marry each other. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that has not been the case so far, okay? There is a lot of mismatch in what capacities we have and uh, what production is all about. 
But let's look at it from a different perspective. Today, uh, we have some of the finest roads that are connecting points to the airports. We have a, a multimodal strategy that is in place that is encouraging movement of cargo from different uh, forms of, um, of, of transport. What we're looking for now is to ensure that this is not just on a short-term base, but on a very long and sustained period of time where we are mapping products to destinations, products to routes, products to capacities, products to seasons, so this is this this is involves a lot of algorithms. It involves a lot of AI, etc. But like I keep saying this sentence over and over again, unless we invest in the future, okay, and that is to do with finding out what exactly do we want to get to. How do I help? Let's say the 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 pineapples from Assam reach probably Chicago. I don't know. Uh, or, 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 or medicines reaching the four corners of the world. What are the blockages that we have at this moment? Okay, it could be regulatory, it could be non-regulatory, it could be capacity, it could be various other points. Our job is to ensure that those challenges are out. Okay, and. With tier three cities, we only have one additional challenge apart from what I mentioned, and that is to have wide body capacities come into these airports because they are not capable or they are not designed at this moment. So the concept of a feeder coming in from uh, places such as, let's say, uh, Aizwal to Delhi, a classic example, uh, um, a Hubli to, to Bangalore, another example, is to ensure that we're not only focusing on one mode of transport or one product or one route or one airport. We are looking at this in a very holistic way so that we are connecting everything everywhere. There should not be a time where we are stuck with saying, you know what, I've got X tons of a particular produce, be it fruits, vegetables, manufacturing. But you know what, I can't get it across to this point because of various challenges. That should not take place. Okay, let's uh, come to the another important topic of discussion. And there has been a concerted effort uh, from all stakeholders to uh, to create India as the transshipment hub for cargo. So India has its own geographical advantage uh, uh, to become a transshipment hub. We have seen certain certain projects and certain um, initiatives from the government and from the other stakeholders. How do you look at this and what is your evaluation of uh, India as a transshipment hub? There are, in my view, four very strong points that one must keep in mind. If we truly, truly want to create uh, world-class hubs within the country, first of all, you need a very strong airline which connects both domestically and internationally into one single airport, preferably into a single terminal or a group of terminals within that airport. That is probably for obvious reasons of having very, very quick turnarounds and connections between two incoming and outgoing aircrafts. Second, you need the ability to have extremely good processes equipments, uh, customs facilitation, 
security protocols, which are the key enablers that contribute to a seamless connection. A hub is where the, the cargo neither originates nor is it a destination. It is simply in transit. So the entire activity of the hub revolves around the terminal or terminals and where connections take place. That's point number two. Point number three, going one step higher, is where that particular airport has also the possibility to connect via other modes of transport. So there are connectivities to road, rail, air, sea, waterways, etc. cetera. Um, I, I, a, a very classic example, um, uh, right on top of my mind, without uh, being biased to other airports, is Hong Kong. So Hong Kong connects China by all the methods that I talked to you about. And fourth, uh, where you rightly mentioned in your question, is a geographical advantage, which is where, in addition, in addition to cargo having a transshipment point in the country, there is sufficient load that joins in, that is sufficient amount of trade and commerce within that hub area that can feed into the hub to make that an even bigger success. So if you've got these four things right, okay, uh, India is 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 got its tick boxes everywhere. Now we have seen that uh, SpiceJet has uh, used using its freighters to move cargo um, from Calcutta to Delhi and then from Delhi to Zaragoza directly, and then that flight is coming back with again cargo filled in for uh, domestic consumption within India. How do you look at that? How how will you um, facilitate such cargo movement much frequently? One of the targets that we have is to grow tonnages uh, uh, within India. Um, for a size of our country of 130 billion uh, uh, people, uh, uh, 1.3 billion people, this this tonnage that we carry by air is, uh, in the words of my boss, Madam Agarwal, close to pathetic. Uh, so unless we are thinking not just outside the box, but also what's inside the box, we need to be very sure of a couple of things. One, there's a huge market outside the country, a huge market outside the country. And what we have been doing uh, until a couple of years ago was we were focusing on the domestic production of our country uh, being exported and importing what is required for this country. That's what we were doing. Transship and played I don't think even 1% of this business. Now that has to change if you want to get to the numbers that we really are looking at. Let's say that this figure of 10 million metric tons. Now, we got to be a connector between two airports, two countries, two nations, two regions. We have to be that. There is no other option for it. Let's go to the example that you mentioned and you, you're part of that success story uh, yourself, Reggie. What was happening was that if there were two markets which had nothing to do with this country uh, as a point of, of um, consumption, but it was as a point of a facilitator. So we had cargo that moved in from Dhaka by road to Calcutta, 60 kilometers, moved into the airport. And from the airport, after being customs cleared, after having a security processes completed, 
we were able to ship that out completely to Zaragoza in Spain. A very good example of transshipment working seamlessly well. My thanks to the ministry for being so proactive in this by getting permissions from customs, from various authorities, sometimes practically overnight. So transshipment is only going to grow. It's, it's a, I'm very, very passionate about it. Uh, we are a world community today. And we need to stand out in the world community and show our capabilities of not just transporting to and from India, but transporting to, from, and through India. That's what I'd like to mention. Eku, uh, 10 million tons of uh, cargo throughput for the country. When is that? Is that 2025, 2027? And what is the kind of uh, target set on uh, set for I-Class? So let's look at what the latest data uh, and predictions tell us. We should be the fastest growing country next year in GDP. Okay, um, 12 to 14% right on top of the, of the world matrix. Great situation. Now, as that may be, we need to find out and understand what the, what's going to be the contribution of air cargo in that 12 to 14% GDP growth. What are we able going to achieve? My feeling as a country, 21-22, uh, the country should hit 4 million metric tons of cargo, if not higher. It all would depend on how the pandemic plays out within the next uh, six months to a year. What's going to be the, the focus? Uh, my, my view is that 4 million metric tons by 21-22 should be a doable factor. Uh, as I-class, we should be crossing 1.1 million metric tons of cargo by then. This probably is more to do with India-centric. A lot of this is going to depend on what our neighboring countries are going to do and what our neighboring countries can afford us opportunities for growth. Now, when I say neighboring countries, I just don't mean the ASEAN countries. What I'm talking about are countries um, in, the, in the Southeast Asian market uh, and connecting two very, very important regions. One is uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, and two would be uh, Europe. Uh, to me, I see the greatest of opportunities uh, for this. And being very centrally uh, geographically placed, we should be able to take the, the, 20, the, the 10 million metric tons by 27, 28. A more general question. Um... What is the future of freight and what is the future of air freight? And you are one, somebody who has kept asking in certain conferences, um, what is that future commodity that would be in the, in, the, in, the, in the planes? Look back 20 years and tell me, did you hear the word e-commerce? Did you hear the word pharma? Wasn't there, okay? Uh, when I began my career, uh, uh, garments was on top of the chain. And then you had perishables and you had leather and you had other commodities. Today, right on top is e-commerce. Now, the challenge with, with that question uh, is very simple. The design of what we want to do, whether it's designing terminals, whether it's designing facilities, et cetera, are going to depend on what the next big product is going to be. I would still think e-commerce would be there. Okay, uh, that will continue. 
a pandemic has only strengthened that. But I think as products, um, India would 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 go into things like uh, beverages. Uh, I would see um, flowers uh, being the new big commodities that India has a huge opportunity. Processed food is going to be one other big opportunity that India has. In so many of these products, India is right on top of the food chain. And I think that is going to have a tremendous positive uh, value addition to air cargo. Pharma will be also be a, a, a big contributor to it. The vaccine movement, as has been demonstrated, of course, is not going to be on the kind of volumes that we're going to see, but a lot in terms of value. Okay, Keiko, um, on to my last question. We are just a few days away from the close of the financial year 2021. Um, uh, tell us about uh, the cargo volume growth uh, through the uh, through your airports in the last one year. Of course, uh, last one year could be a kind, uh, kind of different um, uh, growth that you have seen. Uh, uh, both in terms of domestic, inbound, outbound, and international, uh, give us a sense of the of the performance in terms of the numbers. Let me give you the the good story first. On the domestic front, I'm I'm extremely proud to to say that uh, as ICLAS, we have uh, on a month on month basis crossed what we did last year. So that's a huge achievement in certain airports like Chennai. We're already 14% plus over what we did last year. In Calcutta, we are over, uh, I think, almost 7% over last year. Surat, 11% uh, over last year. So many, many good success stories uh, on the domestic front. On the international, of course, uh, we're not going to make it. Uh, the simple thing was there were no capacities available for international flights. To, to have that kind of growth as compared to last year. So we won't, we won't be able to make those numbers. Um, overall, I think uh, we should be probably in the range of about 10 to 15% less than last year, uh, which is not bad considering the capacity constraint, but yeah, let's, let's wait on the final numbers to come out before we conclude anything. Thanks, Keku. Uh, and uh, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. And thanks for uh, making time to join me in today's um, episode of Cargo Mastermind. Thank you, Reggie, for having me over here. And uh, all success to you and your team uh, for doing this excellent job for covering our industry so wonderfully well, not just in the country, but across the world. That was Keku Bomigas, the Chief Executive Officer of uh, AAI Cargo Logistics and Allied Services. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring Cargo Masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.